Well, I am so excited about my guest today. She's actually a dear, dear friend of mine, and we've known each other for years, and I have watched her transform her life. And so I was like, Amy, I know all these things about you, but like, talk to me about, like, if if you were going to introduce yourself or somebody was going to introduce you before you spoke somewhere, what would you say? And so she started rattling some things off and I was like, this is perfect. So let me give you some, let me give me, give you some background on my good friend, Amy Earl. She is an expert in leadership education. I can vouch for that. She actually is. She has been married for 29 years to our other friend, Jake Earl, which we love dearly. She has raised three very successful entrepreneurs and she has, I've watched this happen. She has changed her life from being broke overweight and disempowered to completely transforming the landscape of her family and future. And you can see the fruit of that in her sons and in the success of her children. And it is truly remarkable to see, and it's been remarkable to watch. And I just love, I, every time Amy's speaking, I just want to eat it up with a spoon. I'm like, give me, give me all the goods because you have so much depth and so much wisdom to share. And it's, it's like this fountain inside of you that just keeps going. And so I love, love learning from you. So when you, when I say all this about you, it's, it's really, it's kind of one thing that I can point to that you've changed, but what would you say? Like, what's that, what's the thing that has changed your life the most? The thing that that changed my life the most actually was when, so I think how my journey all started, where there was kind of a, a fork in the road, was I had just started homeschooling, and I was trying to figure out how to do that. My oldest, who is now 26 or 27, mm-hmm. I don't know, somewhere in there, he was 11 years old. Yeah. So this was years ago. Mm-hmm. And my whole focus was on them, like how... I've got these three sons. How do I raise them? How do I help them become who I knew that they had so much within them? And I just wanted to help them become the best version of themselves. And so um, I was led to homeschool. And, I, and there was all kinds of reasons that brought me to, to bring them to homeschool. And at first I was trying to do school at home. And just replicate. I was brought up in the public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all Jake and I knew. And so that's where that started was me just saying, okay, I, I want to do something different, but I'm going to just keep replicating what I knew. Mm. And that didn't work. It actually failed miserably. We were all miserable. We mm. tried it for, we tried it a couple different times and it just did not work for us. And I found a book and in this book, it, it, it's called A Thomas Jefferson Education by Oliver DeMille. And I read this book. And it's a book of principles. It's not a curriculum. It's not even a how-to. It is simply a book of, of principles about how to, um, how to become a leader and how to inspire your children to become leaders. And one of the principles, and this is, this is the meat of it. This is the piece that changed everything for me. And it's, he went through seven keys of great teaching of how to, how to be a great teacher, how to, how to inspire your children. But number seven is the principle of you, not them. Hmm. You, not them. And when I 
came across this, it was so opposite. Everything that I had ever been taught or shown because I thought as a mother, my role was to focus on the children. Right. Like I needed to, I needed to do the best for them. How can I make sure that they become who they are meant to be? And the more that I studied this principle of you, not them, I realized that the, the greatest gift that I had for helping my children to become the incredible men that they were born to be was for me to step into who I was made to be. Wow. And that is, and everything shifted in that, mm. in me recognizing that I needed to be an example. Mm. If I wanted them to be able to do hard things, get a work ethic, love learning, lead others, I needed to step into that role and show them how. Mm. And that is where everything shifted for me. Oh my gosh. You know, I was listening to an Ed Milet podcast and he said, and I think it was in his book, he said, eventually your kids always figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, it literally stopped me in my tracks. And it reminds me so much of this because I want my kids to be proud when they, when they're old enough to figure out who I really am, because we all do. We all, we all eventually figure out who our parents really are. And it's, it's pretty sobering to think about that. And wow. Okay. So when you figured this out and you, not them, you're not them. You're right. I mean, this is, I'm writing down the title of this book. I I need to get it because that's kind of, of course, like I'm always actually thinking about what am I not doing for my kids? Like I need to be pouring, you know, whatever. And I know we need to be pouring into them, but at, I, I can see this different perspective in how, honestly, this might take away some of my mom guilt. Absolutely. Wow. Ab- it changes everything. It changes everything about how we parent, yeah. how we educate, how we, it also, another principle that comes from this is that it is impossible to educate another person. Huh. Think about that. Okay. Now we can teach, Okay. but getting an education, we are, you are as educated as you want to be. Right. I am as educated as I want to be. And our children are as educated as they want to be. So when we think that it's our responsibility to give them an education, we're, we're missing the boat. It's, it is, we are, we want to become great teachers mm-hmm. and we want to inspire But we want to make sure that they understand this personal responsibility of it's not my responsibility to make sure that you have a great education. It's not my responsibility to make sure that you become the person you are supposed to be. And this is a conversation we had all through childhood with our kids is you have a mission. You have a purpose. The purpose of education is to fulfill that mission. And so what we want to do is explore where are your strengths, where are your talents, where do, what do you love? Mm. We want to help you find your mission in life and match your education to that. And when you do that, they find a love of learning. They get inspired. They start um, moving towards that. And this is, and meanwhile, they're watching you discover your mission mm. and your purpose. And how do you do that? And so, and it's, it's not perfect. You're on this crazy road trying to figure yeah. it out and you're communicating to them. 
I'm trying this. Look at, I'm feeling like this is where I'm supposed to go. I'm really afraid. I'm not sure if I can. What if I fail? I was talking about doing something new just two days ago. I was on the phone with my two of my sons and I was like, I really feel like I'm supposed to do this. And I am so afraid. What if I fail? Like I'm having this conversation and they were like, mom, what if you fail? Like, so what if you fail? This, the only way you're going to find out if this is where you're supposed to go is to get out there and do it and make those steps. And so these are the conversations we can now have. Mm. And, but, well, we've had these all along is setting that, that example. And this last September, I had the opportunity to speak in front of 25,000 people. And as I walked out on stage, my family was in the front row. And my sons were there. Mm. And the, I hear the crowd is roaring and cheering. But I hear my sons. And my son Josh says, that's my mom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when you say they figure out who you are. Mm. And in that moment. To have. And I get to say, those are my sons. I'm watching them do the same thing, mm. just lead out in who they were made to be. And the secret to parenting is not about putting all of your effort and all of that energy into them. It does them a disservice. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like we could wrap this up. You just gave <laughs> us like, oh my, we have so much more to dive into, but holy cow. I have never thought about it from this perspective. That is truly profound. Wow. So talk to me about, because you are, and I want you to, this is what I wrote because I was thinking about you and I wrote, Amy, you are a master at casting a vision and then achieving that goal. How? So I know that there's probably all of this stuff in the middle between when you read that book and decided to homeschool your children differently. And, you know, there's a quote by Todd Duncan, and he says, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. And I think about you finding that book after two failed attempts yeah. and the student was ready, like you were ready Absolutely. to, to learn this new lesson, you know? Um, and so what changed from there? Like when I, when I was you know, talking about your little, your intro and and you were broke and you were overweight and you were disempowered. Mm -hmm. What changed for you? So another principle, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think kind of a key that I was, that I stumbled upon and it was the role, the roles that we have in as parents. And it was this quote, I don't even remember who said it, but it was that the Father's responsibility is to instill confidence. Hmm. And the mother's responsibility is to instill vision. Oh. Oh. And when I thought about that, so fathers have a very, they and kind of men in general, if I'm being, I'm, and I'm going to just go very stereotypical here, but men see the day to day. They see what needs to be done and they take care of it. Women see the big picture. Mm. We see generations ahead. And we have the ability, when we see that generation, when we see the big picture, it's our responsibility to cast that vision, to, to say to our children, this is, 
this is our future. This is where you're going. One of the things that I got really good at, and this is, this is a skill. This doesn't cut this. This isn't something you're born with. This is something you can learn how to do and get good at. And you get good at something by practicing it, by doing it. And casting a vision is something that you can get good at. And so you start with, for me, I started this vision with our family, with my children, with our finances, uh, with myself. But I would say, this is where we're going. This is why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. This is why we're homeschooling. This is why, this is who you are. You have greatness within you. Mm -hmm. You have a mission. You have a purpose. We're going to figure this out. And having somebody who, who is shining a light on your future constantly, telling you you're going to be okay, telling you, showing the direction of where you're going, having somebody do that. And for me, I had to do that for myself. I had to turn on the light for my future. We get nervous because the future seems um, unknown and uncertain and unpredictable, and we don't know what's going to happen in the future, so we don't even want to talk about it because anything could happen. Mm. Anything can only happen if you are not focused on where you're going. So what I mean by that, by turning on the light, is we get afraid of the dark. If you walk into a room, I actually use this example with my daughter. So I have three sons and then I have a daughter. And Betsy came later. So she's 13. She has autism. She joined our family through adoption. She has a whole different story that we're living with her right now. So our sons are older and then Betsy. And so we're going through all of this with Betsy right now. Mm. And in this middle school age, and I point to this age, but I think we all have this if we don't understand this principle, is that the future looks, is scary. When you're in middle school, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You're looking back at childhood and being like, okay, I know that that was childhood and I know that that's where I'm supposed to be going, but that feels very fearful. And I don't know if I can do that. What if I can't? What if I fail? What if I am not up to the challenge? And I say this about like middle schoolers, but how many of us are going through this? Yeah. Like I'm not up to the challenge. I don't yeah. know if I can. I'm not, I'm not good enough. So I was describing this to her and she, and what I said was, imagine you walk into your house and all the lights are off and it's quiet and it's dark and you, there's shadows, you can't see anything how does that feel when you walk into a space like that? And she said, it's scary. I'm terrified. I don't know what I'm going to find. I said, but what if we turn on the lights and your friends are there and there's music and your favorite posters are on the wall and there's people there to, like, you can walk through the house and you can see everything. Now, how do you feel? And she's got this big smile on her face as I'm describing that. Mm. And I said, this is Dad and I's responsibility is to help turn on the light for your future, is to show what the future looks like so that it isn't scary, so that we can say, this is where we're going. We're going we're gonna to say, it's going to be so good. You're going to have all the skills that you're, you need. You're going to learn the things. You're going to have people with you who love you and are going to take care of you. And she got really quiet. It was actually a very moving, emotional moment. And I was asking her if she could define the emotion. And she said, it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And what we need to do for ourselves is turn on the light. Mm. And how do you turn on the light? By casting a vision, 
by describing, by getting specific about what it is that you want. Yeah. What you want your, your future to be. And so I started that imperfectly when my kids were young, but talking about them being, and who, who did I want them to be? I wanted them to be hard workers. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to have a connection to God. I wanted them to have a connection to us for Mm -hmm. us to be friends. I wanted them to love learning, be confident in the world, be able to navigate, learn all the things. These are the things that I wanted for them. I didn't have like a profession or a SAT score or a college, Mm -hmm. those things. Those things paled in comparison to the person that I wanted them to be. Mm. And then that comes to who do I want to be? I want to be fit and strong and healthy and have energy. I want to feel God's presence in my life. I want to know that I'm living with purpose. Mm. And I want to have impact and share the knowledge that I have with others. Mm. Like it's these kind of things that I, what is it that I want? Mm -hmm. And if you start there, and you can start to create a vision that's connected to your purpose that turns on the light for where you're going. Wow. That is a really powerful visual for me because I've never thought about, I totally make sense for kids, mm-hmm. but I've never thought about turning on the light for myself. I've never thought about it that way. So When did you, as long as I've known Amy, maybe not as long as I've known you, but at some point you started creating vision boards Mm -hmm. and getting very, very specific. Mm -hmm. Um, So when did that start and how did that start? So I've had this idea of casting vision, Mm -hmm. right? Of talking about the future and kind of speak it into existence. And I started a network marketing business six, it'll be six years this summer. And I had some goals. I had some things that I really wanted to accomplish and I didn't know how, Mm. like, how do I get there? And I watched a, it was a YouTube video that I saw that talked about how to create a vision board. And it was more than just how to create a vision board. It was And it's a different kind of vision board. I think we think about vision boards and we come up with a collage. And these are things that I did with my kids all the time. I would make collages. And I would, we'd cut out all the pictures and we'd put words. And so dreaming, you know, dream big, that's always been something that I've wanted to do. And so we had this kind of, um, my kids still have theirs from growing up. So these collages of all the things that you want. But I found, I use vision boards not in that regard not as like a dream board, but as actually it's, it's more of a goal board. It is what are you working on right now? What is it that you want to achieve right now? And when somebody's getting started, so this is how I got started and I started to use one and I needed to get something on the wall. I just used blue painter's tape mm-hmm. as a border. It was as basic as it comes. I printed off some pictures um, and taped them to the wall I had four goals up there and they were almost all with my business. I had one that was like a personal physical goal. Mm. And so I, I put those up there and the steps were to, it was about visualizing. And 
what I've come to understand now is the neuroscience behind why a vision board works. Yes. And I think if you understand how, cause some, like often when you think about, Oh, I've got to do a vision board. One of the reasons why people get disenchanted with them is because they put a million dollars in a yacht and this dream house and right. like the thinnest body ever at like all of these things on there. And you look at them and you go, I'm never going to get that. And then it eventually finds its way into the closet. And anytime you see it, you're reminded of your failures. Mm. You're just reminded of everything you wanted that you never got. Yeah. And so the way that I approach vision boards is just so completely different. It is specific things that you are working on. You choose four things. One that is a short term, um, short term, like this month, Mm -hmm. more a 90 day to to six month goal, a year goal. And then you have one like long-term goal mm. that you're working at. So you're, you're looking at these goals and they are very specific and you're, you have to be able to articulate it. What does this goal mean? And use words and visuals to get there. And how your brain works is that you find what you're looking for. We have a filter. It's called the reticular activating system in our, in our brain. Mm that it is the filter that it allows into our conscious mind what our what we have deemed is important. What I mean by this is our our conscious mind every second processes about 40 bits of information. So if you think like every second we've got 40 thoughts like wow. going through our conscious mind. And so you and I, like we're looking at each other and there's the microphone and cameras, like we have these these thoughts that are happening. Our subconscious mind, every second, have you heard this? No. Before, like how much, so if you were to just guess like how many thoughts your, or bits of information really, that your subconscious mind is processing every second. Every second. Every second. Okay. If your conscious mind is... 40. Mm-hmm. Let's double that. And let's say like 80 to a hundred. Yeah. How about 20 million? Shut up. No, no way. 20 million. Because think about what your subconscious is regulating everything that's happening in your body, right? Every heartbeat, every blood vessel, every cell, every thought, but it's also taking in all of the things around us. Um, the sensations to every hair on your skin and So, so much. This is what your subconscious is processing. There has to be a filter. Uh Uh-huh. If your subconscious let your conscious mind know everything it was processing, you would lose your mind. Yes, I would be in the fetal position. Yes. Yes. And so there's a filter. Wow. And it only lets through that filter what you think is important. Mm -hmm. What you have told it. You have programmed your mind and said, these are the things that are important. Right. And that is why when you are in a room... That is crowded and noisy. You're at a, re- a reception. There's just all kinds of stuff. And somebody says, Rachel, you hear them. Mm-hmm. You hear your name over all of that. You don't hear anything else, but you can hear your name because you've programmed that Rachel is important. So that gets through the filter. And so what, how the, what the purpose of this whole process is to program your mind for what is important. Because two people, same exact experience. You and I could, could go in and, and 
be living the same exact experience and have a different outcome. Hmm. Why? And we see this in business all the time. There are some people who just find the right people all of the time. And some people who struggle, who cannot find anybody who will, that they can sell to or that they can do the business with, right? Mm -hmm. And they can be in the exact same situation and have completely different outcomes. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that the person who is finding people that are interested and engaged and um, are who like their ideal person is because their filter is set to find that person. Hmm. And because they have said they have made that important. They've given their brain instructions and said, this is what I'm looking for. Help me find it. Wow. And how you do that is through your thoughts and your words. And if you talk to the other person, this is where they're saying, I can't find anybody. Nobody wants to do this. I just never, it's, it's so hard. And in my circles, this is what I always hear. And so their mind's like, oh, okay, that's what we're looking for. That's the result that we want. We're going to make sure that we give you that result. Your mind is the most powerful supercomputer on earth. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn how to use it to our advantage. And that's where vision boards come in. Because when you create a vision board, and you ha- this is me, it's on my wall right next to my bed. Still to this day, we're, we're five and a half years later. The first thing, it, it has been upgraded. It's cute. It's a, it's a bulletin board. I have. No more blue painters no tape? More, no? no? Okay. I've got cute little pins. And I wake up and it's the first thing I see. Mm. And I look at it and I tell myself the story of me living that life. Mm. I, have, I had on there for so long this beautiful piece of property. It had the sunset. It was sunset and it was a field and there were trees in the back. Mm. And for years. I knew I wanted this piece of property. I had no idea where it was or what, like anything. It was just this picture. Mm-hmm. But I would tell myself um, I wanted to live on a piece of property where I could see the sunrise and the sunset. Oh, that yeah. was my, so I would wake up and there's my goal. And I would see that. And just in my mind a minute, I would just feel, oh, I just feel so much gratitude for this property that I get to live on and see the sun. Like I'm envisioning what this feels like. And this year, well, last year, I guess, 2022, we found that piece of property. When we saw it, I was like, this is the property that has been on my vision board. And we purchased this piece of property to build a house. And so I've been giving my brain instructions for four years of what it is that I want. And so some things come a lot quicker. Yes. I have a quick question about that because- the vision board that's like on your wall five mm-hmm. and a half years later, and now it's upgraded. The, the, the pictures, like the mm-hmm. four categories have changed. Yes. So when you first get started, I recommend going simple, like simple okay. because a confused mind says no. Correct. And so you've just got to take this really simple. Okay. As I have used this, mine usually has about six. Okay. But I'm still very focused on my, on my categories. Um, and so, yeah, so they've changed and I have, here's another piece. I, I keep everything I take off my vision board. I have a three ring binder and I have a story Mm. of all of these because you develop a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. They've been on there and it's really describing what I do in front of my vision board. It is a prayer. Mm. I pray Mm -hmm. 
I ask for God's guidance. I ask for his inspiration. Um, he puts dreams on our heart for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we don't step into them is we don't believe in ourselves. Right. But when you align yourself with God, when you recognize the divinity within and who you were made to be, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the piece that really rubbed up off on me for so long. I just kept telling my sons, you were made for more. Mm-hmm. You are here for a reason. And then I had to practice that. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for more and I'm here for a reason. And you say that enough that it, you start reprogramming your mind and suddenly you're like, I am here for a reason. God has big things for me. And all he, all he needs, he has, he can do anything, right? Right. He can do anything, anything. God is our father. Our, our father is a God. Mm -hmm. And think about, what you want for your children. Mm -hmm. If you had the capacity to give them what they needed, would you give it to them? Always. Always. But think about it for a minute. And just for a minute, would you always give them whatever they wanted? Because I think about this so often when I'm going through my, my struggles. In raising children, and especially raising leaders and and children that I want to be able to know how to think Mm -hmm. they have to go through struggle right like they're gonna have to fail Mm -hmm. they're gonna have to be challenged and there are times when I could take the challenge from them and it breaks my heart because I could but I won't Mm -hmm. because they have to go through the challenge to become who they're supposed to be uh yeah girl that's like it's it's the hardest part of Parenting. Parenting. Yes. Absolutely. Is watching them struggle. But unequivocally, the biggest times of growth in my life have been because of the struggle. Yes. It is the only way. Skipping the struggle skips all the good stuff. Yes. And so I used to dread the struggle. I used to, you know, and I still have to remind myself, it's not like, you know, I'm not just loving it every time. But the struggle is where I'm like, this is the good stuff. And I can remind myself now that the good stuff is happening in the midst of the struggle. And don't you think, even though where you're like, I'm not loving it because it's hard, but when you can actually be in the midst of it and grateful. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That is it. That, that, Mm. that is when you know Mm -hmm. that good is happening. Mm -hmm. It's when you resist when you get angry, bitter, blame, try to figure out why you, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so in this process of creation and vision and all of this, you recognize that what God is doing is he's raising you. Just like you're raising your children. Mm. He's raising you to become this person. And so you have to go through the struggle and the sooner that you relax, is that the right word? Release as soon as you, as you feel comfort in him mm-hmm. and you trust that he knows and he's got you mm-hmm. just like you want your kids, like you're like, just trust right. me. Trust just me. Trust I me. know what is best for yes. you. Like, trust me. Yes. Yeah. And when they fight against that, there's always struggle and there's all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they have to go through it and they'll learn it anyways. 
But when we can, um, I used this analogy recently, and I was thinking about dancing, like dancing with God. Mm -hmm. Like he knows the steps. He knows the dance. Have you ever, like when you're dancing and you're trying to lead, when you're both trying to lead, right? And it's awkward and it's, you're not getting anywhere. But when you just relax in their arms Mm -hmm. and they are able to just lead you in the dance and you just, it's this beautiful movement. Not that I know how to do that, but I've seen this, right? right? I can picture it. You should ask my husband sometime about me dancing because I would rather, um, I don't know, like you can rip off all my toenails one by one. I'd rather do that than dance. So, oh boy. Okay. Here's, here is a question that I have for you. So I love the neuroscience because this, I can geek out on that stuff all day. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm understanding like how this works, but I have, I hear these conflicting messages a lot of times about the word manifesting. Mm. And I hear that this is a cuss word, you know, like manifesting. Everybody's like talking about manifesting is great. And then there's like this other side of the fence. It's like manifesting is a bad word. And that is like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know why they think it's such a bad thing, but can you walk me through the word manifesting and using a vision board to and, and manifesting what you want for your future. I do have a quick story to tell you, and I believe that this is manifesting. And I want you to explain why this is not a bad word okay. in any religion, in Christianity, in whatever religion you are. I don't believe that manifesting is a bad word. Okay. So I heard the story about this, this crew, right? Uh, and it was a cleaning crew in a, in a business building. And this cleaning crew would come in and they were all really unhealthy and overweight. And somebody came in and they were, they were running some sort of program with another team and they saw this crew and they wanted to kind of do this experiment on them. And they said, hey, how many of y'all exercise? And all of them laughed and they said, no, we do not exercise. Clearly we don't exercise, right? right. And so they came back a week later, this this crew and they, the, the, the people who were running this experiment said, okay, we did some calculations. You actually exercise every single day in your job. You exercise, here's how many steps you take. Here's like basically your weightlifting routine because of the, the stuff that you're lugging up and down stairs. And they showed them, actually, you do exercise. Within six months, that crew had all lost weight mm. and gotten healthier. And it's pretty incredible because maybe it changed their filter now that you're absolutely yes talking about this, right? Yeah. But it's so it's so interesting because I think we have so much power mm. um, within us, and we don't tap into. It. I don't think I know we have so much power within us, and we don't tap into it. But when we do, you know, so so talk to me about tapping into that using casting a vision, you know, using a vision board and manifesting this. And is that, is that a good or a bad thing? So I would say first to that story, the most important story that you tell is the story you tell yourself Mm. because you become what you think about. And so in that example, the story they told themselves shifted. Mm. Somebody gave them a new story. Somebody cast vision for them that they had not thought about. And they Mm. said, you actually are very fit. You are working out. And so they're like, whoa, wait a minute. 
that so they started to tell themselves a new story. Mm. And when you tell yourself a new story, your actions change. So that's what I think happened there in mm-hmm. that in that process. So I think one of the reasons and manifesting visualization, vision boards, these are words that can become triggers because a, when you think that what is happening is magic and out of your control and maybe using dark forces mm-hmm. or you're, you're doing something that isn't, and, and this happens when it's not explainable. Mm-hmm. If you can't explain it, it's a mystery. Let's go back in history. We were burning witches because we couldn't explain that they were using homeopathic remedies or mm-hmm. right. Like yeah. you, you find fear in what you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you are manifesting and just producing results and you can't explain it and saying, Oh, that's gotta be magic. You, you are using, um, bad powers mm-hmm. to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And I believe in I believe in negative energy and bad spirits and all of that. I mm-hmm. like, I believe in that. Sure. But what I don't believe in is that creating your life and setting a vision for yourself and learning how to dream bigger, learning how to use your mind to get the best results. I just do not believe that that comes from Satan. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that that is of the devil. Mm-hmm. I believe that God has instilled us with vision. He, inst- he instills us with hope. Mm-hmm. Who instills us with fear? Right? right. God gives us hope. He wants us to see what we are capable of. And he wants us to depend on him to help us get there. Mm. That is the piece. So I think there could be, well, if you have a vision for yourself, but you don't depend on God Mm -hmm. and you think you are doing it all yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where pride gets in the way. Sure. And so if you're like, I'm going to just make this happen, Mm -hmm. I can see that being a negative thing. And it actually becomes a struggle because then the weight is all on your shoulders. Right. I much rather put that weight on his shoulders mm-hmm. be like, you've called me for big things. And so I need you to show up in a way to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And so I think that that's kind of some of the stuff is that if you, it, two things, either if you believe it's magic and you're relying on something dark, mm-hmm. like selling your soul for money, mm-hmm. like we're just cutting to the chase here. Right. Or, you turn inward and think it's all on you, Mm -hmm. then that also can be, I think that's where this comes in. Gotcha. But when you understand, first of all, how God created us to be, the instructions that he has given us, how many times does he say, ask and it shall be given? Mm -hmm. So if you don't know, if, first of all, if you don't ask, Mm -hmm. and that's what most people are doing is they are saying, I'm going to let God just take care of my life. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you become just a vessel, like bobbing in the waves. Mm -hmm. Like you, there's no direction. What he has, what he has said repeatedly is ask, Mm -hmm. which, which says that's action. Mm -hmm. You have to know when, when Christ was met the two blind men outside, um, 
oh, oh, I'm missing where he was, but he, he met the two blind men. They came and they approached him and he said, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. He knew what they wanted him to do. He, they were blind. Obviously they were seeking a miracle, but he made them articulate what they wanted, the, the miracle that they were asking for. So that he wanted to make sure that they knew. And so when we shy away from saying, this is what I want and dreaming big and having a vision of what that is, we aren't allowing God to fully show up in our lives. Yeah. Well, because, you know, his response to those two blind men was, you are what you believe you are. Yes. Yeah. It, it doesn't that like tell the whole story yeah. right there. What is it that you want? You are what you believe you are. Mm-hmm. And so we come, we have to articulate, we have to ask. Mm-hmm. And the, the bigger, the, the bigger your dreams, the more faith you have to have. Mm-hmm. And so how does this work? And this lends back to the science is this is truly just about using this miracle that God gave us. He gave us the ability to think, mm-hmm. to reason, to have vision. Like of all the animals on earth, we are the only ones that are dreaming of bigger, better, becoming, creating. Nobody else. That's on our shoulders. That is what he has given us. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to create. And I believe that he's given us, we have the ability to, to procreate, to create children, but we also, he has given us this ability to create with our words, mm-hmm. with our actions. And we see it every day. You become what you think about. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over again. Um, did that answer the question there? Of, it did. Of- it did. I, I, I just wanted to like, I, I wanted to hear your perspective on, and I really like that, that you explained it. There is a, there is a, a negative way to do this. Yeah. And then there's a positive way to do this. That is not bad. I just don't like any blanket statements that, that just, sh- you know, cast something in a terrible light. And I see um, a lot of people shying away from, from, this type of visualization mm-hmm. and, and, and thinking forward thinking because they, they've heard that it's not right. That there's consistent with, with their beliefs, you right. know? And so I think that I just don't want people to shy away from it for that reason. Okay. I heard a, uh, you, t- you, you, I heard you tell this story in front of a room and I loved it, but will you tell the story of when you were nominated to be a student ambassador oh. and, and that story, because I think that this has been a part of your mm. journey from the very beginning. And then in your later years, as you had children and everything else, you were able to kind of put it all together. So tell that story of you in high school. So I grew up, I'm one of 10 children. Oh my goodness. Yes. 10? 10 I had no idea. Yeah, I'm number three. Wow. And um, in the mid eighties when the economy was crashing and there was all, there was so much financially going on our family, we went bankrupt Mm. and lost everything. And we really struggled financially just to make ends meet. 
And I was invited to apply to become a student ambassador to go to the Soviet Union. I was 16 or going to be 16. Um, and I was so excited about this. I love government. I love politics. I love freedom. There was just so many reasons why I wanted mm. this opportunity. And I went to the, um, there was an orientation for parents and students to go see what it was all about. So I went with my parents and they, they cast the vision of how amazing this was going to be and the things that we were going to do and the places and the experiences. And I was so excited, but I was also bracing myself for what the cost was going to be. Mm -hmm. And I was mostly nervous about that because we had, we didn't have money, we had no money that, to go towards something like this. And they, when they got to the cost part and they said, it's going to be $4,000 with all the, the pieces. And I was like, four thousand. I felt like I'd been punched. I was just like, I mean, there's obviously no way in today's money. That's $9,000. Mm. If you think about a family struggling today, who's going to say, Oh, $9,000 to go on a drop trip. in the bucket. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> sorry. That yeah. is not. Um, and so we were leaving the auditorium and I was so, I was like heartbroken inside, but I was trying not to show it. Yeah. I didn't want my parents to know how crushed I was. My dad put his arm around me and he's like, Amy, you are going to Russia. Can you believe that? And it really surprised me. Like, and I, I was like, dad, we do not have the money for that. There's no way we can do that. And he said, oh, you cannot not do this. Mm. We will figure this out. And he said it with such confidence and he's my dad. And this is the dreaming and the vision I got from my dad. My dad was a dreamer. Mm. He just, uh, he, he could, he dreamed big dreams. And so we went home and he helped me make a chart like with little squares for every like 10 or $50 to 4,000. Mm. And we brainstormed and he's like, here's all these ideas. Here's all the ways. And he would talk to me about like, as if like when it's done, when you get this point, you're going to spend it on this and then you're going to have this and it will be this. And it was, there was never a question. He never questioned this. He just simply cast the vision for me, helped me. Now he never went to like, I had to go do it. Mm. I went to like the Shriners Club and the Exchange Club. I went and talked to these groups. I called companies and corporate and asked for donations. I went door to door in our neighborhood and offered cleaning services and babysitting. I had this sheet that had my picture. It was my passport picture and who I was and what I was doing. And I like <laughs> hit the road. <laughs> like I just... And my largest donation was $300. And that was a windfall. Mm -hmm. Like by far, that was the biggest one. Um, it was just $10 here, $20 there. Just, I filled up this little thing and step by step, but in my heart, I never questioned. Mm -hmm. And I think about this now <laughs> and two things that I'm like, how, like, what were my parents thinking? And the first thing was that they were sending me to Russia in 1990. This is the year <laughs> after the Berlin Wall fell, but the year before the coup. 
in Russia. Oh like gosh. this is, it was so unstable over there. I still think about it. I'm like, that is, they were ballsy to do that. <laughs> but the second thing is my dad let me dream all in on this dream. It was never like now, Amy, and if you don't, and they, they didn't have any backup. It wasn't like, and if you don't, I knew they were going to pay for it. Right. There was none of that. They just gave me. And, but that was the gift. He gave me the gift of belief. Mm. And when you have the gift of belief and that's, you're just going to figure it out. You're just going to keep going until you get there. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. I just went and went and went. And I was so confident because I was, because I believed I was confident. So I would go into place. I'd be like, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm asking for. And it was what I wanted was somebody to sponsor the whole thing and be like, we're going to pay for that. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I had to do this line upon line, little square upon square. And that would have skipped the struggle for you. It would have skipped mm -hmm. the struggle. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it, so I went through that struggle. Boom. I, I mean, boom. And you did it. I did it. I wow. went to the Soviet Union. It was it is one of my most cherished memories Wow! because I worked so hard for that. Mm. I knew yeah. what that was, the value of that. It changed my life, the way I view the world, the way I view um, the persistence and consistency and, and being able to do it. It gave me confidence. And so, yes, you're absolutely right, is, is that that was stemmed. And, and you know what? Jake and I have followed that example mm. with our children. Wow. They have all done hard things, had businesses, had to earn their way to climb. They climbed to Everest Base Camp and mm. earn the money to climb to Everest Base Camp. Wow. They have, they've been to Jerusalem and Guatemala. They've had big adventures mm. that they have had to figure out how to get there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what an incredible lesson to impart on your children that— they know that they are capable yes. of doing it. Yeah. And that confidence is incredible. Yes. So I, my brain works in, in formulas, okay. you know. So what I'm hearing from you is write it down hmm. and dream. Dream and write it down. And then believe that it's possible and believe that you're capable. And then take action. Not just one time, but over and over and over again. Yeah. It would, and when you say dream, because this is the piece. So you have to know what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. That's the first part. You have to be bold enough to, to ask, mm -hmm. to, to define what it is. And most people stop there. Mm -hmm. that, that step number one, you have to be bold enough to believe, to like ask for something, to want something. And, and then you have to be specific enough about what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's the being specific, which is the dream. So you come up with what it is, but think about, like, you could say, I want to learn how to sail, right? That's a dream I have. I would love to live on a boat and circumnavigate the world. But what do you know about sailboats? Do you know which boat you would buy? Do you know how the sails work? Do you know what you would need to feed your voice, like what you would need, what you would eat on your voyage? Do you know what path you would take? Have you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so the dream part what it means to dream is to fill in the details. And it's not like just laying there daydreaming. Filling in the details is work. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out how it, what that looks like. And that's the instructions to your brain. This is where you fill in. 
I'm going to need this kind of sailboat. I'm, mm. This is my budget I'm going to need. Mm. This is the route I will take. I need people who are going to teach me how to sail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need these pieces. Mm-hmm. So like y- you want to raise your children. Okay. How do you want to raise them to be? Who do you want them to be? Can you see that vision? Then what will happen is who do you need in your life to help you get there? What are the lessons that you need? What are the things? And, and so you have to decide what it is you want, and then you have to fill in the details. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. And that is hard work. And most people, so if they even know what they want, have they done the work to figure out what it looks like? Mm-hmm. So that's the details. And then I will tell you, so God, God will give that to you. This is something that I have done. We do, I do, it's called an inventory and I, I'm very specific. I, I talk to God, I talk to him and then I write down what I hear from him. Mm. So he gives me instructions that are, that are clear. And when you learn how to do it, you can discern his voice. And so you, you take what it is you want and can you really see it? God will put that on your heart. And then there's three words. This is it. This sums it up for you, Rachel. Once you know what you want, and how do you know what you want? This is what it's on your heart. Mm-hmm. Like somebody says something and God gives us dreams not to say, wow, Rachel can do that. Mm-hmm. Rachel can be that, but that's not for you. That's, that is not how a parent works. Mm-hmm. A parent doesn't show you what's possible and say, but that's not for you. Right. So if there's something there that is like on your heart, that is from God. He's showing you this little glimpse of who he wants you to believe that you have the capacity to become. That, so that's the first step is you have to be willing to hear that and feel it. And then three words. I have zero tattoos. If I was ever to have a tattoo, well, it would probably be a star. But the other thing that I would do, <laughs> it's these three words. This okay. is what I live by. Ask, listen, act. Mm. This is how you find your path. Mm. You have to ask good questions. Most people get caught in complaining mm-hmm. and like, I don't know how and I'll never know how. And, and they ask lazy questions. Yeah. Okay, so just tell me what to do. That is lazy. Mm-hmm. So you have to ask good questions. You have to be willing to listen for the answer. Mm. It is a noisy world. It's a very noisy world. You got to find a place where it can be quiet. Mm. And you've got to listen. Mm-hmm. And then you have to act on what you've been told to do. And God will show up in your life every single day and he will mark your path. Mm. He will tell you. My whole life has just been a series of ask, listen, act. Mm. It's been, he's put something on my heart and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be bold enough to believe that you believe I can do this, but you're going to have to walk with me. So every day ask good questions okay, what is it that I need to do today? What are the things? Listen for the inspiration and then act on what he gives me because inspiration has an expiration. Mm. And when you act, he gives more. The more mm. you, you are a steward over your inspiration, he shares more with you. And every day he will walk with you. Every day he will illuminate the path mm. and you follow that path. That is what it is. Mm. You, you, you get bold enough to believe that you are worth it. You define it. And then you ask, listen, act. And you ask, listen, act every day. And it will take you where you want to go. Wow. Uh, one of the, my favorite things that I 
that you said to me just the other day, first of all, Amy was determined to bring her husband home Mm -hmm. from Afghanistan. And it was very dangerous, a very dangerous assignment out there. Multiple. I mean, right? Like over the years, he was in so many. He was was out of our home over a four-year period of time. He was gone for three years. Mm. And he's a, he was a combat pilot mm-hmm. over in Afghanistan. And so shrapnel, rockets exploding, being shot at. Yes. And so through this act, listen, no, ask, listen, act, mm-hmm. you were able to bring him achieve, home. achieve mm-hmm. your goal and bring him home. Mm-hmm. So now they've been navigating, okay, what is our, what does our life look like now? Where are we yeah. going to go? What are we going to do? They bought this land, right? But what what I was so struck by the other day when you were telling me this was y'all are moving to Canada yeah, and it's going to be a a one-year assignment that you know of so Mm -hmm. far. But what struck me is you said, I don't know how long ago it was, you wrote down all of the things that you wanted this assignment to look like. Oh yeah. Okay. Tell me, tell me, cause I don't want to put words in your mouth. So as, so Jake came home from Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. um, and that was my big goal. And then we had to figure out what our next step was. Mm-hmm. And so in walking this through with him, I asked him, if you could have any job, what would it be? Like, tell me, give me the details of what it would be. And he loves to fly. So it would be flying. And we talked about how much time he would want. Like, ideally, we put numbers on it. How much, how much a year, mm-hmm. um, how many hours he would be working, what, what the work would be. He wants to have use his experience and, and be able to have to, um, be solution find, you know, something different every day. And he just, he had this whole list. We wrote it out probably 18 months ago. Uh, what year? Oh my gosh. Two years ago. It was in the beginning of 21. And, um, we just got very detailed. This is what we want. And it's funny because this part, I feel like I feel like so often we are afraid to ask God for what we want Mm. because we don't feel worthy. We think we're being greedy. Mm -hmm. We've been told so often to be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. Okay. God tells us to be grateful for what we have. Mm -hmm. He also says, ask for what you want. Mm -hmm. It's not an either or it's Mm -hmm. both. It's be grateful for what you have and keep asking because he is not done with you yet. Mm -hmm. And so we, I had this, like, we've got to ask God for this. So we want this. Okay. And it was, that was a bold ask. And I, Jake was like, there is no job that will give this to me. Literally. He was like, and he actually, his number started at half that number. It was like, for me to get this, this is going to be the number. And I was like, we no, <laughs> no, it needs to, at least for it to be worth it, it has to be this number. And he, he, did not believe it. It was like, there is, there is no job. Well, we did a 40 day prayer challenge last year. And during this 40 day prayer challenge, Jake felt very, um, he felt like he needed to quit his job. He had a, a, was not this job that we had outlined. It had this other job that he was doing. He's like, I need to quit this job because it's holding me back. It's not letting me step into my next steps and who I'm supposed to be. And, and so he quit his job and within a matter of 30 days of listening to God 
and uh, this is at least 18 months post writing that list, this opportunity presented him. And it met every single, the money, the time, the, um, him being able to use his skills. Mm. It, it met them all. Wow. And it was, and here's another thing, Rachel, I will share this because I don't think we've talked about this is that I put on my vision board that same year that I wanted to travel the world with Betsy. Mm. That was my, like, I, I had this vision of her. One of the best things we can do for our children is travel. Mm. They learn how to find solutions and work with people. It, it really puts them in a position, this, this travel. And what we have, what has come from this is Jake has a certain amount of days that he has to spend in Canada and the rest of the time is free. Mm. And we have planned already, we're going to be in five different countries this year. Mm. So we'll go to Canada. And then when he has his time off, we're taking Betsy to Japan and Australia. Wow. And we're going to be in Mexico. And we are traveling with her in that off time. Oh, my goodness. Can you, like this, it is amazing to me. Mm. And it, this, I give all of the glory to God. All, it, it is all his. He, he wants, and this isn't, like, I think about your life. You have such a beautiful life. I have such a beautiful life. It's not exclusive to us. Mm. We are not favorite children. Mm -hmm. We are not the ones that he's giving everything to. He loves us all. He wants, he wants everyone within the sound of my voice. He wants for you too. Mm. And we get stuck thinking, but the piece right there is he is our parent and he's a good parent. And I could give you a million stories about dreaming big, dreaming bigger mm. and going through and how, and you know what? Not all of them have turned out. In fact, this thing, the fact that we have to go to Canada for this job. Yeah. That was not just Canada, Ottawa, like cold. Yeah. I, we, I grew up in Alaska. Jake mm -hmm. and I lived most of our married life in Alaska. And I was like, I'm never going back to the cold. So unfortunately, I didn't write the description mm -hmm. that it was in a tropical location mm -hmm. that I will mm -hmm. remember next. So Yeah, you got to be real specific. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've to be specific. So he answers prayers. He surprises us. He is there. He wants more for us. Mm -hmm. And... um. Yeah, we just have to be willing to step into it. Man, this has been so, so incredible. And thank you for the amazing takeaways because it really is, it's all about simplicity um, in taking action because you're right, a confused mind does nothing. Mm -hmm. And so ask, listen, act. That is something that absolutely everybody can do. So it has been, you've just filled my cup. I learned oh, so much. You. I'm going to need to listen to this episode like over and over <laughs> and over again, just to this was so pick fun. up on all the nuggets. Thank so you. I love you. Thank oh, you so you much too. for, for coming in today and doing this. Thanks Rachel. Where can people find you, Amy? The best place right now to find me would be on Instagram mm -hmm. at life with Amy Earl. Um, I also have a stand store, stand.store slash Amy Earl. Mm -hmm. And that's where I have some of my um, 
programs and things that you can find. My, I have a podcast. You can find all of that. Good. We will there. link all of that in the show notes. And uh, man, I'm excited to see what what this new adventure holds for you because there's always, always exciting things happening in your life. <laughs> always. Always. So <laughs> thanks, okay. Rachel. Thank you. If this episode resonated with you today, please share it with at least two people you think would love it too. Keep up with the show at The Rachel Roth Show on Instagram and TikTok and keep up with me at Rachel underscore R underscore Roth on Instagram and TikTok. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I know it sounds silly, but it really does make a huge difference and it allows this content to get in front of more people. I can't wait to see you again.